Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And welcome to Neon Twilight with Solaris Blue Raven on Nightlight Radio. We're so glad you could join us tonight. It's going to be a fun discussion. Um, we've been talking a lot about different topics that we want to get into and, and sort of share our thoughts on them with you. And uh, Solaris is one of my most favorite people in the whole world to talk to because she and I talk the same language, which makes it a lot easier. Um, she is, as you well know, uh, a well-known podcaster on both KCOR and on uh, Revolution Radio, and she has two shows that she does there, and she is kind enough to share her time and her energy and her wisdom and her human, human, her humor with us here on Nightlight Radio. So welcome to the show, Solaris. I'm so glad you're here because... I would have nobody to talk to if you weren't. So, oh, Well, thank you, Barbara. It's always a pleasure to join you each month. I always look forward to this. Yeah, great. I do, I, I do too, because, you know, not, not only do we really pick really great topics to talk about, but even when we leave the topic, we get into places that neither of us would have considered getting into, but there we are. And mm-hmm. um, the the... The, the element of being able to go with the flow is just such a delightful thing. And we, at the end of last last show we did, we we did say that we were going to get into time travel. And and it, it's a fascinating type topic. And, you know, when you stop to think about it, is, is time travel and remote viewing and and astro body shifting and changing are all kind of similar but very very different Mm -hmm. right 
see them as simultaneous too in the illusion of when you're when you're traversing. At least from my own a benchmark of like say for astral projection, it's always been real time. There's not, it's not a past. I'm tra- I'm traveling to a destination in real time, just like uh, anything else with remote viewing is the same thing. I'm not dialing into anything else for like a database. I, I look into real time data. And I think I'm sure other people can go into the false. I call them false paths because it's hard to use that that as a benchmark. When some people it's based on perception of the observer. So in my opinion, we have to be very careful what we see from what we call the past and not put a personal spin on it as a witness. Yeah, I know that there have been in the past um, <clears throat> um, there have been functions. There have been groups of people that have studied going into the past. The, the, the you know the time travel as um, I can't remember it was that um, Project Pegasus is that what is that the one that I was think uh, one of them? I keep thinking of Al Bielik when it comes to time travel and uh, yeah, but but oh, yeah. into another configuration of timelines. Yeah, isn't he the one that that had a picture of? I don't know whether it, it was someone in the program that had a picture of themselves at Lincoln's Gettysburg address. Oh, that was that was Andrew Passaggio, I think his name is. I'm sure I butchered his name, um, but I believe that was him. Yeah. Yeah. So and and you know it it it's fascinating that uh, what process what what did they use to do the time travel with how did they mm-hmm. travel how did they do it it was it was it through a portal was it through a that chair they talked about um the how did they chair? get yeah i'm not sure about his particular adventure i know that he was kind of recruited as a child or at least that's the story that was given uh, when it comes down to some of the Montauk projects, like Stuart Swirdlow is a prime example. If somebody has been indoctrinated into something that's more exotic, and from what I understand, they used a chair, like a like a booster seat, booster primer, um, which was interconnected to uh-huh. a specific, in my opinion, configuration or a timeline, which created some kind of a, I don't want to call it a wormhole, but something where it opened up a different um, portal type type timeline like where warp. they were able to traverse. Now, right. So, but, but the thing is, I'm, I'm, I wasn't there, so I can't really tell you exactly what he experienced, but I would say how much of that was psychotronic, how much of that was psywar, psyop, psychological imprinting, or how much of it was actually real, tangible data. But I do know we have exotic technology to get us to destinations from point A to point B, and we can traverse the galactic neighborhood. And, and they look for beings like us who are very good at mediumship, psychics, um, remote viewers, natural gifts. And all you need is somebody uh-huh. who's naturally wired for a lot of different abilities and then get interconnected. And then you're able to do phenomenal things, if you ask me. I think it's limitless. Well, I, I do too. And knowing that um, <clears throat> psychotropic drugs were used in some cases, um, mm-hmm. but that's been they have been used since the beginning of time. So mm-hmm. that's nothing new. But, but it's sort of like um, when I have time traveled, I've done it. Uh, I've gone into it through a meditation, and it was, I, I, I don't know that it was astral projection, but I do know I was seeing the past. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to actually um, communicate with the people that were there. So on some level, um, on some level I was there, but I wasn't there. So I don't know if you would call that astral projection or 
what you would call it. I was definitely in the past. Mm-hmm. It was like the sacred witness. Well, if you felt yourself you know, like you were flying or you felt like you were, your body, your astral body was navigating, that would be astral projection. Sometimes if the, it's more remote viewing, then it's more about just honing in and zoning in. Um, I have like this, what I call the miniature telescope, where I can zoom in and zoom out. And that, to me, is my way of being able to look and see. But I think there's different methods of, of um, accessing the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of, I am, I am fascinated with certain periods of time. Um, the one place where I know, I, and, and so here, here's my thing. I know I have seen myself, I have felt myself, in um in europe uh in the 18th century 17th 18th century in a viennese ballroom i could feel the clothes i could smell the clothes i could feel myself swirling with the music now wow. i don't it was it was the weirdest thing i could smell the the candle um the the wicks in the candles as they were burning down it was that real. Mm-hmm. But, that sounds like time travel to me. It 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 does to me too. And yet, was it that, or was I looking at a past life? Well, it could have been either or. And also, you have to ask yourself: well, you've traversed there before, so it could have been a past life that you accessed again through time travel. Because yeah. you were there, so you know, West, we traverse the galactic highway, whatever timeline we're on, wherever we enter onto a world, whatever world it is. We leave a signature. We leave something there, <clears throat> excuse me, where we can traverse again, just like an, you know, just like a flight path. So you'll have some kind of a residual program or residual tracking system where you will be able to go there. You know that destination. So it doesn't surprise me. And the, the way you were describing it as being so tangible, it's something you're familiar with. So it's highly possible it was both. Yeah, that, it was. So so how do you how do you actually? No, when when you are in in a meditation of sorts, do you do you focus on I want to go back in time or I want to visit a past life? Do you get specific with that, or do you just go where spirit takes you? Well, depending, you know, like for remote viewing, <clears throat> excuse me, it's more target reference points and numbers. So I would use a target reference number if it's something where. I'm, I'm looking at the cosmos and I want to go to a destination. I just set the coordinates of my own, <clears throat> my own psyche and just, just zone in. That's all I do. Uh-huh. I don't really do anything with the meditation. I don't do anything. It's just literally instantaneous, simultaneous. And that's the way it works for me. The only time I have something different than that is if I'm sleeping or in between sleep and space or I'm astral projecting and that happens sometimes where I'll be going into another area and traversing. Um, but that's usually not anything to do with the other stuff. Yeah, that it it gets so technical. It does get mm-hmm. hard to discern exactly what it is you're experiencing. And right. um, I know with and a lot the of you know, when, yeah, <clears throat> well, a lot of times when people are um, looking at past lives, they they basically you know look at your feet, look at your clothes, see what you're wearing, and that gives you an idea as to where you've landed. But um, there, there are moments when I know I'm sitting someplace as an observer, but I know I'm not in my own time frame. Mm-hmm. Right. So, witness. You sound like a traveler. 
<clears throat> what I call the cosmic travelers, you know, you just sound like a traveler. You just go to your destinations, and some of it could be past life, but other times you're just traversing. That's what it sounds like well, the, as a witness. Well, the, the cool thing is, you know, so many people are out there, especially um, people with the, you know, who are involved with the Monroe, uh, Monroe Institute. They have all mm-hmm. of this wired stuff and everything, and, and basically I close my eyes and go. Right, you don't really need and, that. Yeah. So, so it sort of is. How do I how do I decipher exactly what it is I've seen? And you know, sometimes, um, you know, there there are times. I, I think I associate smells with stuff a lot of the time too. I can smell something. It takes me, the smell takes me to that that time frame that place in time that 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 smell originated from and and, i mean good smells not bad smells but um or a piece of music will take me you know right out of my seat and put me into another time frame i flip easily Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's kind it well it's fun but Mm -hmm. i mean it, it would be of no service to me if i was using it for any particular purpose other than I needed to see something or be someplace because there was something there that I needed to experience. So in that case, is it the spirit inside of you that takes you there? Or what is the what, what are the nuts and bolts of the whole thing? Is it a consciousness mm-hmm. or it, it has to be a consciousness? I think there is an aspect. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Boy, I'm losing my voice tonight. It's, it's, I think there's an aspect between where you've been, where you've traversed, like I said before, and what you're accessing again. So once you've been there, there's, like I said, there's a, there's a residual imprint energetic signature. And I, I think the sacred witness in you ac- accesses that data, however you want to look at it. Uh-huh. It makes more sense anyway. It's like the full out Akashic or the Akashic records. You go in to access a file somewhere because you've accessed it before, maybe. Uh, it just sounds like you've been there. That's something you're familiar with. It's not the first time you've done these things. No. <laughs> I I think sometimes um I, I do I do sit back and say, Okay <clears throat> and I'm basically in many cases just watching what's going on around me and it's reminding me that, you know, society has been there before, they've done this before, we're in a, a loop of some sort. Hopefully we're do in a higher you know, everyone is at, at a higher level of consciousness as we experience the loop this time and you know that mm-hmm. takes that takes us into the the element of you know what's happening with the consciousness of humanity at this moment in time. It's crazy. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much going on. Um, and then before we yeah, they're not in before we yeah yeah. I I think what it, it appears to me that what is happening to the world is that consciousness is being raised tremendously and it's not doing it it's not going gently as it has in the past it's almost as though um you know how when you 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 well remember record players you know how you would put the needle on and it would start going through the grooves you know groove Mm -hmm. by groove and then if you bumped it it skipped ahead 30 or 40 grooves Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it feels like is happening to oh. the consciousness of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, that's almost like jumping timelines. What you're describing, you know, when you start skipping, yeah. skipping timelines, and that could be part of it too. I, I think that there's an awful lot going on. There's a combination of 
you know, natural cosmic events and transmissions and frequencies. Mm-hmm. You're right. The, the stage of, of evolution here is at a tipping point. Some people are going backwards, inverting, and others are making huge leaps and bounds evolution on an evolutionary scale. I think that's where all this um, different types of transmission and frequency comes through. And then some people, of course, who can't hold that field wind up losing it, literally. And I don't discount the weaponized atmosphere, which I've discussed before, because that's a contributing factor to behavioral pattern and and behavior modification. You know, when you're having all this interference that's engineered, uh, that could also cause some problems with hostility and behavioral problems. Well, that's why, you know, I'm seeing so much fear and anger in mm-hmm. society today and and it's just to me it's like you know what is triggering this i mean as a as a culture as a society we've been through this kind of stuff before and i don't believe there have ever been there has ever been as much violence as there is today mhm i agree yeah, it's very, very hostile. Well, I think a lot of it has to do, I, I guess it's global, but America is more volatile now than ever. And in my opinion, oh. I don't think it's been this volatile since the American Revolution. <clears throat> well, I would say during the time of the American Revolution, at least there was a purpose for the anger. Mm-hmm. There was a reason right. for the violence. I, I don't see any reason for it or a purpose to it now. Um, my mm-hmm. neighbor's grown son and his and his son were in Philadelphia um, this last week, and they were driving down the road, and, and a car came up behind them and, and you know, kind of honked, like, go faster. And he was looking for someplace, so he didn't. The car pulled next to him and tooted his horn a couple of times, and when he looked over, the person in the driver's seat reached out, you know, pulled a gun and, and shot at him. And it went oh right through the door, right across his belly. It didn't cut him, but his shirt had powder burns on it. And his son was sitting right next to him, and the bullet ended up in the in the doorway, buried in the doorway for the son, with, on the son's side. Now there was wow. no need, no reason, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, there's and, entities. I mean, yeah, it's almost like possession, if you ask me. That kind of behavior. Well, it's why, you know, I, I, I see no point to it. Why would you, mm-hmm. you know, shoot a gun at a perfect stranger? It's why their would, programming why is effective. And, right? No, I agree with you. But the, when you think about it, what is their programming? Is it, It's not consciousness. It's not spirit. Because if it was, they wouldn't have done that. There's just no way home. It's an entity. Yeah. No, not at all. So that's what I mean. It's just like there's no one home. There's no one driving the bus, so to speak. I think that's entity control. A lot of it is. There's like um, no connection to spirit or consciousness or source. And with that comes a very defective program and behavioral condition, which explains some of the people today, you know, you know, pick and choose your battles. But that, that, that's, you see that more and more. And that's, he's very, very lucky he didn't get killed. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, his, his wife said, you know, he, you know, she smelled the shirt and you could smell the gunpowder. So the bullet must have just, just, just slipped by his his belly and you know you think there's i mean there would be no purpose to that there's there's no reason to it there's no um and and we're seeing we're seeing communities where people riot and they 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 burn down their own community now if if Mm -hmm. you're going to burn something down you don't burn down your own home right 
I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's drugs are a factor stupid. too. Yeah, I know. I agree with you, but I think that the people are on a lot of people are on drugs too. It's possible that person was on some weird drugs. When they're on drugs, they're not thinking I, rationally. Well, never yeah. having been on drugs, <laughs> you know, well, I, know. I don't. Me neither. I, you know, I'm not. I mean, I, 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 I have no conception of what it does to you, but um, so I have no frame of reference here. But, um, but. I have known people who got very high on something and their behavior changed dramatically. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, and I didn't like them when they were that way. <laughs> no, of course so, not, you know, because that's not who they are, they, usually. They, they lost a sense of right and wrong and good and bad, and not that anybody, you know, but they lost their sense of decorum what's appropriate in relationship and you know everything was just funny and so so i i i am trying to 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 understand what's going on in society and it's all levels of it i mean mm-hmm. we're seeing all sorts of violence in in all sorts of strange places and and i would think that at some point in time we're actually even going to see violence on the borders um, oh, that's already there. Yeah, there's plenty of that going on. Well, it's not the not the kind I'm seeing. I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing actual military shooting people trying to come across. Well, I think from what I understand, they had was it the National Guard? Didn't they deploy the National Guard or somebody down there to help them In with Texas, paperwork? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not working like that right now. They're actually, you know, kind of waging them in. So yeah, but what what we'll I don't happens, you but. know <clears throat> what what. What I don't understand is this is an invasion. Sure it is. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's people, I mean, from, from all sorts of, from, from the Ukraine, from China, from, I mean, it's, it's people coming into our country from all over the world and, mm-hmm. and flooding us. And I don't understand why. What's the point to it? Well, I think they know. I mean, this is the agenda is to take the United States down, this bottom line. Anybody who says opposite, they're just not thinking clearly. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do an assessment on what's happening here. Um, keeping the borders such as they are, not vetting the people coming over. Uh, you've seen the escalation in violence and crime since this has started and the gutting of America where the upper middle class, the middle class has gone into poverty. Now, I can go on and on about the condition of what's happened here. Oh, yeah. Uh, the corruption is out the wazoo. Uh, I've never seen such corruption in D.C. As, as I do now. Uh, I can go on and on about it. And this is sabotage. Now, they want to pretend it's not and point fingers and swords at everybody else and say they're the problem when, in fact, anybody with a rational brain can see that these are the people that have allowed this country to fall. So, you know, you have, we have national security. We have, we have military. I've talked about homeland security. They're literally allowing this to happen. They're, they're oh, yeah. supposed to be protecting this country from that. It is not happening, right? It's opposite now. So now, now they're going after real Americans and it's just really messed up. It really is, and I I don't know what to say about it anymore other than the fact that it's true sabotage, you know. Yeah, and I don't see how it can get pulled back from the brink. I think we're over the brink. It's brink. Yeah, no, it's done. This country's done. And as a matter of fact, I I see. I don't know about you, but you you do a lot of um, you know futuristic assessments, and I see it as this country yeah. doesn't even have the name United States of America anymore. It's not going to be known as America anymore. 
I think that's coming very, very soon, to be honest with you. I think that's that's where we're at. Well, yeah, I agree. And and what what has been coming through lately, um, I find very interesting. What, what's been coming through is that that the government that we perceive as our government is no longer a government. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, so that whatever is controlling all of this is a layer behind what the government. And, and what's fascinating is those people who are in government really think they're the ones that are in control, and they're not. And mm-hmm. at, at at some point, um, at some point, the next layer is going to come to the surface, and it's going to be fascinating to see what that layer is. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, it, it's I, I sound very cold and cool and calm and collected, and it's only because this is just this apparently it was destined to happen. So mm-hmm. you think so? You think this is destined? Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. I find it to be more of sabotage related. I find it to be an inversion. And actually, we're not on a primary timeline from my analysis, which tells me that everything's been hijacked. So I don't I don't think this is actually the course we're supposed to be taking. Uh, it could have gone a different direction. It should have gone a different direction. I think they're making a lot of mistakes right now, and it's going to hit them in the butt. That's my, my own assessment. <laughs> and well, right, you know, they're not it, the ones in charge. They're They're being used. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're 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 puppets, and so I, I'm wondering if maybe this was supposed to happen to wake people up. I keep I keep hearing the term, um, the phrase, um, "If you slumber, they will plunder," and so hmm. many of us have have not paid attention to what's going on with the government. It's it's like a lot of the stuff with parents not paying attention to what was going on in the classrooms until the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Right. To see, well, to see true. what was being taught. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it, it's, you know, a lot of us have not been paying attention to, to what's been going on. We've just kind of been, um, we've had tunnel vision as far as there our own, our own socioeconomic level, our own monetary level, what we're doing with our lives, and not paying attention to what else was going on around us. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's incredibly interesting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do believe that at some point, and probably between now and December, there will be more violence, and, and hopefully, hopefully it will be brought under control. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it's just going to get worse. The crime's just going to keep going up. Just scary as hell. Well, the but, police aren't but, prepared but, to deal with that either. But you know, it's 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 too. It's it's part of becoming more aware and when you become more aware of what's going on within you and then without you with you know out out into your environment then then you're more in control of of your inner stability which is a good thing and i think in many ways this pandemic gave everybody a chance to really work on themselves um to a far greater degree than they've had before because there were there were no more um intrusions you know they couldn't go any place they couldn't do anything so you might as well just work on yourself 
And mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people did. And I think that, that there is a, a greater awareness, a spiritual awareness going on today than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could be right about that. You know, self-reflection is a big deal. Some people did, and other people just, you know, stayed home and drank themselves into a slumber. You know, a lot of people, I think they said uh, alcohol sales went up and everything else. So, once again, it's how you use your time while you have it. And the illusion out of time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I know you I remember I started doing ballet. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Yeah. You know, really? I was changing workouts, and I yeah, I just started doing things. Well, I, I studied that when I was young, and I, I just said, well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and start. So I started just doing some cool ballet exercises and, you know, just, just switching gears a little bit here and there. And, you know, what are you going to do? I had a bug out bag initially when this started, you know, because I figured it was going to hit the fan really bad. And my radar, my antenna was just <laughs> off the rails. So. <laughs> well, I, I think that there there are... You know, there's always a, you know, people are always, you know, doomsday is going to come. That man in in, in um, Times Square must be the fourth generation that's walked around with a sign that says the end is near. So, um, oh, one, yeah, really. I, I, I don't think the end is near, but I do think massive change is near, and mm-hmm. um, I'm fascinated with exactly what is going to happen. And it's 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 kind of fascinating to watch, and and in in a way, you know, I'm I'm sitting in the bleachers eating popcorn, because there's, you know, nothing I can do rather than you know write stuff for the website and do radio shows and stuff like that. So so it's sort of like, let's see what's going to happen next. Um, I I do think that over the next six months, especially, there are going to be some massive things happening um and and i just heard on the news the other day that that we you know we are now into hurricane season and mm-hmm. um it's going to be i'm i'm watching for major storms cuz mm-hmm. i am i am sure that there are going to be some some doozies that come up here within the next year mm-hmm. because there's oh, sure. something you know i i mean on top of the fact that Probably we have played with the weather to the point that, you know, we have destabilized a lot of things. But but on top of that, there is a natural shift and change going on that, that you know, we have nothing to do with. But that is, you know, there is a, a process, a, you know, that, that, that is happening uh, climate-wise that mm-hmm. is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, you know, I'm far enough inland so that I might have waterfront property. But um, I'm right. I'm right close to the to the um, the um, the New Madrid fault line. Oh yeah, so, that's right. Yep. And, and I swear, I think that's going to go off again. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the one that bothers me the most is the fact that the volcanoes are starting to um, erupt again. And. Um, you know, I hate I hate the thought of one of the super volcanoes going off. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that too. And the thing is, our atmosphere has changed. I mean, we don't really have an atmosphere anymore. It's synthetic, if you ask me. It's been so geoengineered that it's literally synthetic. With and with that comes a whole different arena and environmental condition. And people don't factor that in. It's not the skies we had when we were young. It's not even close. 
There is no such thing as a real cloud anymore. I don't know about you, but I've not seen any natural cloud formations in a long time. I see clouds that are created by a lot of different uh, planes flying around, to be honest. I watch it every day. I've filmed Uh it for years. It's not fantasy. You watch it. You can, you know, we're not talking just, you know, contrails or vapor trails. We're talking other things that are going on. So, yeah, it's interesting how everything has been changed. But cause and effect, what is the cause? Well, there are many causes, and now we're dealing with the effects. Some are synthetic and some are not. Some are cosmic. I know, and it's, it's you know, you sit back and you look at it and you think, okay, so this is a matter of you made your bread, your your bed, now lay in it. And, Bread's good too. And, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm not sure I made this bed. <laughs> no, I didn't make this. No, I didn't create this. I'm not, I'm not bearing that cross. You no, know, you should neither, and the listeners, because we did not. Uh, there are certain people who have an agenda. They have the money to pull it off, and that's been going on for a long time before we even showed up on the map here. So, no, we're not bearing the cross for this. This isn't ours. We didn't create it. And with that comes no no guilt or anything like that. You know, we're just witnesses to the the events. Well, and it's a matter, too, of learning how to cope. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I know my And adapt. <clears throat> yeah. And my... Excuse me, my sister is very excited now because um, Volkswagen is going to bring their electric camper to the U.S. in 2025, and she's a she's a she's a Volkswagen camper person. That's I mean, Mm -hmm. that's her love, and she's getting on the on the on the list of people and you know that that are going to buy them, and you know I'm thinking. But where are you going to plug it in? I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't think they're practical. Yeah, I agree with you. I love Volkswagens, though. I had a Volkswagen Beagle, a Beagle, Beetle, and I love that. Uh, I do like Volkswagen, but I'd rather have the old-fashioned gasoline. You're going to have one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she and her husband traveled all over the country in a camper, and they just loved it. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. uh but she's all set. She's she's ready to trade in everything she's got to get this camper, and she's very excited about it. And all I can think of is, you know, unless unless suddenly there are going to be charging stations all over the country, um, and then how do you create the electricity that you get at the charging station? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we have to go there. Go ahead. No, I mean, it, it seems to me that in order to get the electricity to the charging station, they got to burn coal, which well, yeah, it's doesn't make sense. old-fashioned. Yeah, it, it, it's funny how they forget certain things, components. It's like a chain reaction of events in order to get to that particular situation. I don't think that the electric car is that great. Quite honestly, I don't think it's anything big. Uh, I think there are other ways to traverse the galactic neighborhood, and then certainly we can do something else here. But I think Tesla had the right idea, the, the initial Nikola Tesla had the right idea, also anchoring all that energy, grounding all that energy, and uh, using it properly from, from the ether. We have free energy. We can certainly do that. We have ways to power up without having to plug anything in. So why aren't we using it? What's the problem? Well, yeah, and we know what the problem is. There are two worlds existing simultaneously. One is advanced technology, and the other one is the primordial, what you're seeing here in the linear field. Well, that's what gets me, because... Tesla's energy would work. It, it would, yeah. I mean, my electric bill almost 
doubled. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, everybody's and, and I'm, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm one person. You know, there's mm-hmm. no reason it should have doubled. And Tesla's energy would be free. Now, why are they so stuck with, with oil and gas when the Tesla energy would be free? And the big deal mm-hmm. is exactly. that they can't, you know, I mean, that's the reason that um, – that Edison was chosen over Tesla because Tesla wanted to give it away, and Edison, you know, had a way of charging for it. But well, look how I rich mean, they got off of it. That's the problem we're running oh, into yeah. today. Those same people who made all the money are are the ones in the the collective of the globalists now. So, yeah, you see what happens here when you delegate power to people. Yeah, it should have been free. Honestly, I don't think anybody should have to pay to reside on this rock called Earth. And they shouldn't have to pay for water. They shouldn't have to pay for food. I'm not talking socialized medicine or this or the other. I'm just saying when you're here, there shouldn't be this propaganda monopoly board game where people have to pay and do all kinds of strange things like like work their butts off to sustain themselves. And a lot of the time people work, some people work because they love it. A lot of people work because they have to. There's no choice. And half the time they don't even get enough money to feed their children or pay their bills. I mean, this is not right. It's never been right. And that's what I've always said. I've always looked at that like this is not the way it's supposed to be. At all. So no, you know, and, just, uh, the whole thing know, should change. This is the first time ever that I can remember going to the grocery store and seeing, you know, shelves empty in places. And then when I check out, it's twice as much as it was a year ago. All right. Have you looked at organic broccoli lately? Have you looked at the price tag? No. Check it out sometime. It's about $9. Oh, my gosh. And eggs? Yeah, check it out. Eggs went up really high. I think they lowered them again. Uh, but, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. You'd be surprised on how some items are just skyrocketing when it comes down to how much you pay for the Grapes, I think, is another one, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it's cherries, bean cherries. They're always expensive. Anyway, I think that's what they are. Um, but those gone up. I mean, everything is it's, um, it's getting pretty high. And some people just can't well, do it. I live in a, you know, there's a, a community here. There are only 14 units. It's a very small condo unit. And I seriously propose that we get a chicken coop and start keeping chickens. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they, they, they would produce enough eggs for everybody here. It's a wonderful protein. And, you know, it would, it would, seem to me but but you know they 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 all want to be elegant and have just you know we've we've got plenty of land and they they Mm -hmm. wanted it to look like a a beautiful field mode and a chicken coop would would you know it would possibly smell and it it might i don't know but yeah i don't know yeah it probably would but it depends i mean do you want to eat or do you want to not eat i mean of course we're not at that level yet but i think being prepared is a good idea and having a a victory garden or whatever else you want to have, why not? Why not grow a few little things? You have to have a huge garden, but just a few things here and there or have whatever you were describing, like chickens. I know a lot of people have chickens. Um, I have neighbors that have chickens and pigs, you know, and they're cute little pot bellies. I don't think she's going to eat them, but they're really cute. <laughs> you said pigs so. and I thought of bacon. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I don't eat bacon. I don't eat. I don't eat red meat, so... Um, yeah, it's just not, I don't, my body doesn't like that stuff. Yeah, my, mine doesn't either. Mine doesn't like gluten either. So, or, um, 
or milk products. So, you know, I'm kind mm-hmm. of, I'm very limited. And every now and then it's like, well, I'm going to be home. Let me cheat a little bit. And and so I do because I'm home and I can, you know, if I, if I am in distress, I'm okay. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's coming to a point where, you know, you're looking at life a lot differently than, than my gosh, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, the way I looked at, at life is so different from the way I look at mm-hmm. it now. Right. And, well, I see this world is fading away, too. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm wondering if, every, if, that's, if that's the story for every generation. I don't, I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't know if they ever saw World War II coming, to be honest, that particular generation. So it's highly possible. Maybe they thought everything was going to be great, and they never foresaw um, the stuff that happened with the war. So, so it uh-huh. is possible. I mean, when you think things are going beautiful, all of a sudden something, you know, something comes out of left field. But I find that this whole game board here on this world is just defective. There's things here that, don't, that shouldn't be going on, like a carousel. It's a nonproductive project and program. And, and to me, that is a waste of our life force. It's a waste of our consciousness. It's a waste of our abilities. And to me, I don't like wasting time and the illusion of time. I'm, I'm one of those that just doesn't want to waste my moments. So I find that why, why are we wasting our time here in this condition when some of us don't belong here and should be out of here? Um, we can do that. And this is where time travel comes in. Because we can move into a different space-time configuration. You don't need access from, from national security to go where you want to go. You don't need access to astral project. You don't need access to traverse the galactic highway. You're a, you're a, you're a, a descendant of the visitors. So we are star people. We can go home and we can traverse any way we want. They'll never tell you this. They'll never say a word about it. They'll never say that you're part of the, the, the celestial design and you're not from here. Your DNA sequencing is off planet, you know. Uh, but eventually, it's, it's, they can't hide this anymore. And, and, and I find that our spirits are calling us home, and home is not here. Now, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I am speaking for a large group that I know, without a, a shadow of a doubt, don't want to be here anymore. And we're not, we're not trying to say, oh, we're going to check out. No, we want to go to our home world. And this isn't it. Oh, yeah. It's not it. Home is definitely not here. That is... Right. You know, there's, um, and you wonder, um, you know, let's step back in time, so to speak. Um, if if our DNA, this physical form that we that we inhabit at this moment in time as our avatar, if we were brought to this planet for a reason. What was that reason? Yeah, I don't think we're supposed to be in the space-time configuration. I don't even think we're supposed to be here at all. I don't think we were brought here at all. I find that for some reason or another, we're in, we're in the wrong space-time configuration, and we need to get out of it. It's kind of like t- driving a ship someplace and getting into some kind of a wormhole or a distortion in the field and saying, wait a minute, where do we go? We went into a different slip, you know, like a slipstream, and we don't belong here, and we need to go. And I only speak like that because I think a lot of us are time travelers before we showed up on this illusion of a world and we come with that remnant of energy and information. I don't think we were supposed to be here. I think a lot of us are supposed to be off planet. And, and even after all the stuff that I've been through, I can honestly tell you for years after the induction and this actually past four or five years, I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be on this timeline. Why do you think I was writing the books on um, time travel and analysis of time travel? And I've been talking about other things in connection to, to traversing the galactic highway, because I know that this is not, this is not the primary timeline. We're not supposed to be on it. And it's, it's important that we get onto the primary timeline and that changes how to do that. You know, how to do that is, is to go to a different space configuration altogether. And that is frequency 
and modulation of waves and calibration of your biotech, which is your body, and also uh, your cellular, everything at, your, at the cellular core atomic level, subatomic level, has to change in frequency. And, and we do that naturally as, as beings and mediums, but um, it goes way further than that, way further. Like the little glimpses you get when you traverse and you astral project or you dream time, and it's way bigger than that because you're lucid, you're standing up, you're there. And, and the world is coming, you're going to it, you're, you're literally traversing and moving towards it versus um, it coming to you, if that makes sense. It does. And, and, you know, when I was working on trying to figure out just how did we get here, is it possible that there is a portal inside a black hole? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's stargates, personally. I know a lot of people would have disputes on that, and I don't even really believe in the concept. I mean, the linear mainstream science, it, you have to look at it kind of sideways, because in my opinion, um, I think we can traverse through, and I think those what they call black holes or white holes are, are access points and jump points to get through particular configurations if you use them correctly. And once again, when you're actual traveling, do you ever worry about calibration? Do you ever worry about, oh, my gosh, I can't take this, I can't go through this, or I can't? No, you can go through walls. And my oh, point is, that's yeah. right, you can. It's not a fantasy. It's not a hallucination. You are literally real-time traversing. Same thing with your um, remote viewing and anything else. This is what our ability, yet we can take the body with us, and this is the next step. And in my opinion, it's not through having these implants that are going to create all kinds of uh, harmful, weaponized um, issues, but more about just calibrating the biotech normally and then being able to go through point A to point B through access, what I call access points or jump points or, or stargates, basically. And we are walking stargates, and you knew that probably. But that's our DNA. That's who we are. That's how we got here. I mean, you might say, well, I was born through my mother, this, that, and the other. You entered onto uh-huh. a timeline. You entered into a body. But your, your consciousness, your spirit, whatever you were composed of, wherever you came from off planet, and I guarantee it was off planet, didn't, you know, that's, that's your true origin. That was never, you're an immortal being, you know. It's just people don't get that. Yeah. It's very hard for them to digest this data. And I understand that. Uh, especially with indoctrination. But I will tell you, the more I do, the more I research, the more, and it's like a research gnosis at this point, the more I'm, I know that this is correct. And that's why I'm like, we, we, can't, we can't just fall into limitation anymore. We have to keep going. We have to keep navigating. Well, that's, I think, the, the thing that, that I have found with, with writing that I've been doing is trying to remind people that... <clears throat> They are a spirit inside of an avatar. Mm-hmm. They, the, and, well, the avatar is, is great, and it, it functions well in this physicality, in this, in this environment. That's not who we are. And yeah, it's just one avatar. It, yeah, I know that's true. Um, there's, very, and, there's multifaceted layers to us, and uh, it's really phenomenal when you start dialing in. Yeah, and that's what... That's what um, you know, makes it, 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 it's frustrating because people seem to think that um, this is all there is, and when I die, I'm gone, and that's it. And that's just not the case. That I mean, no, they have. It, yeah, it, I agree. It it, it 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 bothers me when they think, you know, it's it's a one and done because it's not. And and I hear people say, well. You know, when I when I die, I'm going to go home, and that's where I'll be forever. And that, no, <laughs> you're always no, going to be no. traveling. I mean, beings like us will be. We're going to be traversing the galactic highway. But I don't believe in death. I, I think, in my opinion, as I've been thinking, 
death is a, a virus. Death is, death is a cancer itself. In my opinion, it's, it's created by frequency and, and uh, the body not being in harmony. But of course, our, this, this world and the illusion of it is not in harmony. So therefore, illness is here. Uh, we change the, the space-time configuration. We change the frequencies. Nobody gets sick. Nobody gets a virus. Nobody gets ill. Everybody is healthy and everybody is youthful. And you can live to be, a, I just talked about this the other night, um, a thousand years old and perfectly without aging. I mean, literally, you, you can reverse your age. Um, going into a different space-time configuration will morph you so that you can literally change the way you look. And you probably realize that. But, I mean, it, it's amazing. And people say that's just not, impo- that's not possible. It, you know, expect the unexpected. And that which is not impossible is, act, or is actual, or what they think is impossible is possible, in my opinion. So I don't believe in limitation. I don't believe in glass ceilings at all. I think we can do whatever we want to do, but we have to understand and be focused on it. And ready to accept the consequences of our actions, right. too. I mean, right. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. true. And not be afraid, too. And not be afraid, like, oh, I've gone too far. I'm, I'm out and beyond the perimeter of this particular realm. And all of a sudden you're worried. You're, you're going to be fine because you're a co-creator to, to source. Um, you know, you create your own parameters and shields. But I find that it's a friendly cosmic energy out there. That's not not the, the volatile energies that are here. Uh, once you get beyond all this, and I mentioned this in one of my books with space uh, travel and astronauts, they're never the same when they come back. I don't care if you're low Earth orbit, but you, your consciousness shifts. Um, and the further you oh, get yeah. away from this world, the better you feel. So and when, by the time you get, it's like taking a vacation, like, wow, I didn't realize I was wearing all that baggage. I didn't realize I had all this, these layers that don't belong to me. Well, that's the layering of here in this, this realm. And once we get away from that, we don't want to come back. We don't want to come here. And I find that um, that's how we keep evolving on a spiritual consciousness level, too. You don't want to keep going backwards after you keep shedding these, these skins that don't belong. So I think that's what's uh, really, really going on. That could be. That could, yeah, I, I would go along with that. It just seems to me that, that the, uh, the more we think, the harder it is to be because, you know, the thinking holds us in, in almost in a prison of, of thought as opposed mm-hmm. to allowing ourselves to flow with, with the creative energy that is inside. And uh, it, it's, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but thinking sometimes, you know, inhibits you so that you don't allow yourself to become the the potential that you've actually carried within. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, um, the, you're talking about maybe the mental body and the emotional body on the lower levels of the, the more linear yeah. scale, but when you're going into the multidimensional where the ascended, the body becomes ascended, the mental body is ascended, the emotional body is ascended, they're unified, the hemispheres are balanced, and it's more of a gnosis and zero point. That takes a whole different area, that takes a whole different energy, and, and with that, it's just gnosis and information. It's like, it's like accessing data files. Um, there's no judgment. There's just, you just have the gnosis. You have the information. You just write it. And there's no like, oh, I'm second guessing. There's never second guessing with this. You just go. And, and I find that at least that's how I've been operating and, and as I keep progressing and evolving. But I know that in order to keep going further, I have to get out of this configuration. And that's why I wrote a book on time travel. I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. And, and I want to keep going and riding the waves of, of ascended sentient, uh, what I call technologies that are very, very vast and powerful. And there's so much out there. I mean, my goodness, and you know this, we, why stop here? I can't stop here. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm becoming not obsessed, but, but it's so um, focused on, on moving into different destinations and traversing. That's really, really, for me, that's where I want to be. You know, I want to, I want to travel well, on a galactic highway. Well, yeah, no, I, yes, that makes, that makes so much more sense. And, and sometimes it's like 
I don't want to be bothered with the the the, the, the trivia that is here. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you kind of want to just step over it and say, done that, been here, been there. And, right. you know, I want to move forward. I just don't want to keep keep dealing with all of this stupidity. And, exactly. And that's I think it. Yeah. Once you're beyond graduated, when you're a teacher's teacher, Barbara, that's it. You know, we, and we don't mind sharing our gnosis and knowledge. I mean, that's one of the reasons we answered on a timeline. But but think about it. Yeah, it's like they have water wings are in the, the shallow end of the pool, and we're deep divers in the cosmic ocean. I mean, come on. We really, we don't want to be here. We have to move on. And I'm not saying physical death, but yeah, I, I understand. And that's why I'm not impatient. I just, I just pick and choose who I associate with. I pick and choose what I choose to focus on. And um, yeah, this linear stuff and this squawking about certain things. And, you know, I don't, it's just become so ignorant after a while. Nobody wants to be part of that. And that's all digital. That's all part of the, um, you know, the, the radio transmissions that they've been spewing with mainstream media and propaganda and, and things that have been going on and on before for, for decades, really. It's just ridiculous. Well, I think it's even it's been going on longer than that. I, I, right. I think that we are in a spiral where we are repeating the same stupidity over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's right it's, nowhere. It's, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's sort of like, Okay, so so we'll have mass destruction, and, and a certain amount of the population will survive, and they'll grow again, and they'll get to a certain point in time, and then, whoop, mass destruction again, and there we go back again. I really don't like that time loop, even though no, it, it no, takes on millions of years. It's a ghost record. It reminds me of a ghost record, you know, in the Internet or a digital virtual space. You always have ghost records. You have things that have no real value, but they're there. So you can you can access them. It's just a dummy file. That's what it reminds me of, that it's literally a ghost record cycling over and over and over again. I think it's broken and defective, and that's what I said, that that needs to be reset. I mean, when they're talking about resets, that's really what the problem is. And in order to change that, you have to move into a different space configuration. And, and in order to do that also, it say this world, it has to shift. It has to be pulled into another configuration of space-time. Um, being bombarded by frequencies from the cosmos isn't going to do it. It has to literally be pulled out of orbit and or, or moved into another space-time configuration. And, and from my analysis, I do know, because and we've talked about this, and I know you've had guests about the moon being um, not towed necessarily, but in my, my understanding is that it was actually moved from a different space-time configuration. Actually, it was able to come in from a different space-time, and it showed up. It just showed up. Yeah, uh, from another space time. It's a vehicle on a lot of levels, if you ask me. So it can leave, too, you know. It doesn't have to stay. And people will be surprised one day. I know that's going to happen. I don't know if I'll be around when it does, but I know that thing's going to move. Well, it it does control the water to a certain point in time. You oh, know, yeah, so it that, sure does. So that you some, wonder some it, what yeah. will happen. I well, mean, the thing is, we're not supposed that... to be in this space-time configuration. Think about this world. This world isn't supposed to be here, right? So... We need to make a jump into another space-time configuration. When you have an intersection where you're moving into different space-time, and from my own um, trajectory where we're doing time travel, say we're, we're moving, we're phase-shifting or bilocating or we're teleporting, you can literally, it's like walking from one room to the next. You can go into another destination. You're going to be in a whole different sphere, a whole different realm, in, a, in another world, and you won't feel like you've gone that far. Uh, so that's my point, that we just have to change, tweak the field. We have to move into another configuration of space-time, and it can be done. I have a sense that there are people beyond black space projects that probably understand exactly what I'm talking about and probably have been dabbling with it a little bit. 
Well, I think there's also um, an element of visitors that are here, but they're they're not in the same frequency, and therefore we Correct. we coexist, and yet and yet we we don't touch, we don't interact. Well, so, yeah, they don't want you to, and that be national security. But we are descendants of the visitors, and that means that they have to stand down. Uh, anybody in global military, anybody who's trying to control, manipulate our our interface or our connection to any off-world species has to stand down because that's our lineage, that's our cosmic heritage, and they have no rights whatsoever to interfere. That's actually a violation by universal law. I wish they'd get that through their dead brains, but they're not going to. They're going to be bullies and be um, passive harassment, and they're going to they're going to pick a fight with off-world species. They they always do. They always do. So doesn't change. Who was it that said the only thing that was going to unite the world was an, uh, an invasion from outer space? Um, yeah, like they're the enemy. Well, that was, um, that was Reagan, I believe. I okay. Reagan. But he was working on the Star Wars project. You know, once again, satellite yeah. defense system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because we are descendants of the visitors, so attacking us isn't really a good idea because, like I said before, it's against universal law and universal code. You know, they talk about all these Nuremberg codes, and that's nothing compared to off-world intelligence because as a cosmic being, even if they don't want to identify us as such, we are. And, and with that comes, you, you stand down. We have a right to be wherever we want to be. If we don't want to be here, we can leave without being interfered with. Uh, we should not be subjected to torture, harassment, or anything else or, or um, type of experimentation with military. I mean, the bottom line is there's a lot that needs to change here. And I don't know when it's going to change, but I find that things have to. At this point, we're at the edge of the black. There's no choice. And, and to sit there and, and, and watch everything go on in the circuses and the same old show going on and on with D.C. and this, that, that's boring. I mean, I'm sorry, but we're way beyond that. We can't play with them anymore. I don't even want to play in the same sandbox, and I'm not. So something's got to give here. It's going to be interesting to watch. And, well, I'd rather and watch I think, them off planet, I, to be honest. And I wouldn't even look, actually. I think by that time I'd be so happy being off planet, I wouldn't care. <laughs> like, let them, let, whatever, let them do what they want to do. I'm out of here. And I think a lot of beings who have been leaving are exactly like that. They don't look back. They don't look back. Just keep navigating. And those who want to make it will make it. Well, I, I would agree on that. Um, I know that when we did the um, remote viewing was trying to remember where it was we were. Um, I think it, it may have been in 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 the um, in the in the Antarctic, in the pyramid down there. When we went into it, it was really um, it had stargates, it had portals, it had everything, and um, it was a matter of of you know it was it was almost like a hub. Where mm-hmm. where you know you could go in different different directions different there were all sorts of glyphs there and of course you know I never thought to write any of them down I I really you know well, why is you it that when we you know I I it's you have things like that 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 you are confronted with or that you experience and you look back later and say why didn't I why didn't I you know copy some of these down why didn't i mm-hmm. you know as soon as we were out of the the uh remote viewing thing why didn't i just you know put these patterns down so i had some um so, something to go back to and, and look at and try to figure out what what it meant where where it took you i know that everybody mm-hmm. you know when when we were doing that remote viewing 
um, the hub, the the place where we went. The, the, it was a great big circular arena, and there were these doors. All not, they looked like doors, or they, they were curved. They were some of them circular, some of them just had a curved archway over them. And, and but there were symbols, and it there were there, there were just human there were just humanoid people there there was you know there was no little green men or anything like that there so mm-hmm. in in retrospect i kind of wondered you know is this a, a is this for just one element of the species that's on the planet or are there other species or or are most are most other extraterrestrials humanoid or you know it kind of it, it did it did kind of make me wonder because it appeared that everything there was was constructed for humanoid um people mhm yeah what they call humanoid which isn't human like i said we are our this particular formula of what we look like the bio, the body itself the bio suit is origin yeah. our origin is cosmic so once again to sit here and say this origins are indigenous is not true and the bio suit is actually engineered off planet before it even showed up here, but they won't they won't even go there, you know, they're gonna come up with their own stuff, so that's the joke of it, you know, it's like everything is off. I mean the data's off. And and eventually maybe they'll come out and say some things that will confirm what I'm saying. But who cares at that point? You know, I don't need I'm not looking for confirmation. I'm just having a, I just know. And I think you're right. I, I think that's why when I remote viewed and I've seen some phenomenal things that were um artifacts that are not from this world artifacts that were beyond space time. And I remembered one of them enough to put it in my book, my recent book, The Cosmic Travelers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It was in the other one, or actually the alien intelligence. I put it in there because it was so important, even though it's a a very small chapter, I had to document what I saw because I'll never see it from here. It's not from this world. It's not from this earth. It never has been. And I thought that's so important to me. And they showed me that and I had to remember it. So I did. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I would not discount the things that you have seen. I'm sure they'll surface again, maybe through art or painting or or however you want to formulate it. Yeah, there's definitely something there. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of the times when we went through corridors, it was so wild because the corridor just glowed as we walked through. There, there were no lights as, uh, you know, there were no lights it's just that the walls and the ceiling and the floor just glowed so we could see where we Mm -hmm. were going which i thought was really cool um right but and that sounds very accurate yeah it 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 just it was it was a a, they were cool experiences the the remote viewing that we did as a group was just such fun um oh yeah that is cool it's always fun you should do that again i love it yeah, I enjoy remote viewing. There. I don't do a whole lot of it, but I, I like it when I do. I mean, if I feel like dialing into something, I will. And I, I did um, on my Patreon, I used to do some exercises, and I, I probably mentioned this to you. I give them a target reference number, and these are people that have no no experience in anything, you know, just like the people that showed up with our, our group. And yet they were hitting the target like, oh, my gosh, these people are good. <laughs> yeah. mean, they were getting the target. I mean, getting the target. And they were getting envelopes. They were getting anything, just a reference number. That's it. And I, I did my best not to influence uh, at the frequency or anything like that, so they wouldn't, you know. To, I didn't want to boost the, you know, the information, but they were, did really, really well. 
yeah, people are very gifted. They really are. Well, and that's, you know, and the thing is, everybody is really gifted if they just give themselves the chance, the opportunity. Right. Um, right. You know, opportunity we all have that. That is, that is huge. That's the thing is, Barbara, how many people have opportunities in life? I don't want to sound like, you know, pity party, this, that, and the other. I'm just saying not many people have the opportunity. Some people have to, I don't think they have to, but in other words, you have to decide what you want on this world. Uh, what, what is your passion? What makes you happy? And what are your gifts? But, but you know, just, just giving them the idea that they're capable of something like that should put them in a whole different orbit in consciousness and, oh. and where they're heading in their evolutionary process, right? Well, Instead it of keeping it for a secret military re- operation, that's my point. Go ahead. Yeah, but it, it changes your physical reality, too. When you realize that there is so much available to you, and, and, you know, it takes so little to snap into it and become a part of it and to bring it into this reality. And, and then you have people that are just so locked into the perception that this is all there is and, you know, they, they don't have the power to make changes or anything like that. And it just it breaks your heart mm-hmm. because, right. well, just like, you know, they've, no, you're right. Go ahead. Well, they, they, they've quit before they've begun. Correct. Well, you know, you know that you scene can't... with Yoda? Where... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead with Yoda. No, I was just going to say, Yoda. it just reminds me of Empire Strikes Back because I did like that movie. But when uh, he's trying, he couldn't lift the ship and he, he goes, I said something like, I don't believe it. And he goes, that's why you failed. It's, the bottom line uh-huh. is, yeah, this is just the intent, um, the energy and belief systems really. It's, it's inhibiting if you don't have the faith or belief. I don't even think it's faith anymore. I just think it's, uh, you just do it. You just do it. And don't think about it. Just keep going and practice and repetition, and eventually you get better and better. You know, most people probably don't want to go in that, that realm. I think a lot of it's social engineering. They're, they're taught a certain way, and they, they get in this uh, rut, and they never get out of it. It's unfortunate because it's given to you according well, at, to your beliefs, as we all know. Look at the people who, who um, manifest excessive strength when, when they, they're called upon. They lift cars. They do all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. And then afterwards, they they just go back to normal. They don't realize that this is something they can do. It's, right. it's you know they 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 triggered it. They reached mm-hmm. into it and they used it, and they can do it again. I mean, you know, hopefully there's there's not the need to, you know, to to scare them into it. But but mm-hmm. if they did it once. That means that they they're capable of it. They can do it again. They can they can work on themselves to get that into that place within themselves. It's like the Coral Castle guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. was lifting, right. you know, monstrous stones. I, I think with with uh, sound vibrations or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he was using, but I do know that he was moving all those stones with no help and no, you know, no big equipment or anything like that. So it's a matter of finding that channel that that click in that that spot within you i mean i mean if i if if that happened to me and if i suddenly lifted a car up i would spend the next 20 years looking for how do i do that again mhm well you yeah. know it's there you know the gift is there yeah the dna and the muscle memory everything else does you'll recall just like you know i, I when i taught martial arts and i taught uh, kickboxing to a lot of people who never ever had the, you know, these were women that just didn't know how to fight, didn't want to know how to fight, but they wanted some kind of self-defense. And I remember I taught them how to break boards, and they were thrilled. 
and some of these women, you say, oh, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do this, I could never do that. Well, they were having so much fun if they learned how to break boards without hurting their hands. And, and I can tell you, it's amazing what people can do when they're trained properly and when they just believe a little bit more in themselves. You know, as also as teachers, we, we kind of, we don't sit there and prop them up. We encourage them. We support them. And we give them a space to grow and evolve and learn. And I think that's really important. I don't know how many how many people do this in this day and age anymore when it comes down to being supportive like that. And uh, I hope that, that people are like for school systems and this, that, you know, you, you obviously were a supportive teacher, but I can't tell you, I don't know what they're doing nowadays, how supportive they are oh. to their students. Well, well, I'll tell you something. If I had a child of school age now, I would be homeschooling them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it. I would too. I mean, there's there's no way I would send a child of my body into a public school system today at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just wouldn't do it. And mm-hmm. and I would make sure they, among other things, had may not have physical ed, but would certainly have um, self defense training of some sort. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But, with I mean, I got a granddaughter who's going into her senior year in high school, and I begged her parents to get her um, some some self defense. You know, to to not just assume that because she's a sweet person that she's never going to have to defend herself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I growing up, that was never an issue. I you know I grew up in a in a time frame where, I mean, it, 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 come on, it was the the worst thing anybody could do when I was in high school was smoke a cigarette. Yeah, that's nice. Compared, uh, better times. Yeah, <laughs> c- compared to what's going on today, holy mackerel. Mm-hmm. Um, right. No, it's just everything is 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 so strange these days that that. Um, it's dangerous. You know, I'm, it's I'm a very, very dangerous place. It is, it is, and and you know you just you, you take a look at society and you think, what happened? You know, where mm-hmm. where, where did we we go right wrong? And I think you're, I I think you're right. I think we've been shoved off track, and mm-hmm. I would love I would love someone to shove us back on track, because right. um, it, we we absolutely. Um, you know, we we need help, but but it's help that we have available to us. It's a matter of reaching for it and and having, you know, having help finding it somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think creating the fabric is part of that. You know, when we do that spiritual evolution. Um, you know, people who spirit, but. When you start evolving and ascending, you're changing your whole fabric, you're changing configurations in space-time, and you're changing your own space-time to accommodate you on various levels, which means everything gets reconfigured for you from different um, space-times. So you're you're walking here, but you're also avatar aspects are off-planet doing things in different configurations. And I find that that does have an effect here to some degree. But what we want to do is have more power over that in a sense of being able to traverse and go back and forth. And, And I find that the more people that learn how to do that, well... There won't be anybody here to bother anymore because we'll be in another configuration and move on. We're just going to go and, and go to a place of our choosing where it's it's appropriate. Well, I think that's true. And, you know, it, it's funny. Um, 
people have said to me a lot of times, you know, what are you doing? What are you making changes? And and many times I've said, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. for the switch to be tripped. And and um, it it's funny because somebody said to me, you know, you've always talked about doing this and doing that. What are you waiting for? And and it, it's it was kind of like I'm waiting for the signal that it's time. I'm not about to go trying to jump ahead when when I know it's not time yet. And that's why um, that that's that's what happened with the um, the the deck of cards in the book. People mm-hmm. kept saying, "What are you going to do? When are you going to do it?" And and I said, "You know, it's when the time is right. I'll know." And mm-hmm. And then suddenly there was somebody there saying, I'll do it for free. Well, right. you know, how yeah, do you argue that? Right. That's perfect. Yep. Timing was right. The illusion of time. Yep. I hope so. Um, I think so. Well, it's done. We'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. But, right. but you know, it's, it, it's kind of like, okay, so... Now, now there's another project, and and I will quietly work on the other project until it's time to birth it. But you know, it's it's kind of like I think everybody is in that same kind of position that it's 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 hurry up and wait. But while you're waiting, do something creative because that. Right. Would I'm give... not one to do that. <laughs> I work ahead of time. No. I always have, and I always will. And I, I have no patience whatsoever. I have zero patience. As a matter of fact, when I was interconnected with the technology, all I heard from my handler was baby steps, baby steps. I'm like, I don't do baby steps. I do leaps and bounds. So, you know, let's get this show rocking here. Let's, let's move. Let's, and then I'm, I'm like that, you know, and I find that had they listened to me, I find that we probably would have made much more progress and I would have been, um, it would have been, it would, would have gone in a better direction looking back on that. That's just me, though. You know, like you're right. Some people like to wait. Um, I'm not one who does that. I am a mover. I, I like to move and, and create and path cut. And I do that a lot. And I think I've done that quite a bit with my work. And the next the book I'm working on is Star Maps, by the way. I think I told you that. So that's that's going to be very complex, but it'll be fun. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it, but I've experienced in my life times when I have when I've seen a pattern and I have said, I exactly know what's supposed to come next and I have tried to make something happen before it's time and fallen flat on my face mm-hmm. and and so at least for me and it, it, it may be different for everybody but at least for me I know that when when I feel that that you know the moment is there and something happens that, that and I get the call um, it's sort of like if I get a call for something, I know I do it immediately. But mm-hmm. if I if I am waiting for a call and getting impatient and try to make the call myself, it's usually a wrong number. Um, oh, interesting! It's just, it's just the way it works for me. I mean, years and years ago, when when first I did the deck of cards, um, I was. Um, in Anaheim at a at, uh, ABA uh, uh, American Book Association uh, conference, and I was doing readings with the cards. And somebody asked me, "Did I ever work in in um, 
metaphysical bookstores? And, of course, I said yes. Um, I didn't, but I figured if I was asked, I probably could. And and so I, you know, signed up, and I, I went to that store, and it was very successful, and they invited me back, and I thought, okay, this is a message from the universe. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I made up, I think, 30 um, presentation books, and you know, I spent I spent a lot of money on making these books up. I contacted um, I contacted metaphysical bookstores all across the U.S. I talked to the owners. Yes, they'd be interested in seeing the presentation book and, and booking me, and I sent them all out, along with self self addressed stamped envelope for them to return it to me if they chose not to. I not only did not get any calls from any of those stores, I never got any of the books back. Hmm. But I waited for the call, and and several bookstores called me that I had not sent books to, and those were very successful. So it's a matter of I wait for the call, and when the call comes, I know I'm I'm okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Well, it does. It's just that, you know, every now and then it just makes such great sense. And and it's sort of like, well, I'll I'll take it from here, universe. You don't have to do anything. I know exactly where you want me to go. That was probably not true. (laughs) But, but, you know, here I am, what, 30, 40 years later, um, I wait for the call. And I it always comes, but I'm glad you do. I just well, dial in. Well, you know your 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 pathway is probably different from mine, so you know you, you're probably one of those that that hack the pathway. I just find the pathway and I do. try to undie it. Try to buy it, yeah. you know. So I'm not that, saying so it's that, perfect. I'm not saying it's right what I'm doing. I'm just saying that's just the way I do things. Um, but, but I, it works I for you that. and. It does work but for me. And then, you know, also taking the initiative and being my own boss, because when I wait on people to do anything, it never happens. So I do things myself and just like self-publishing my work without having somebody try to sanitize my data and things like that. For example, I always uh, take the initiative and just go full speed ahead. And, you know, when I created Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives, my website and my business, that was that was what I chose to do. And I just went full speed ahead with it. Um, you know, I, I just know and I know what to do, and, but it doesn't mean it's going to be super successful. It just means that this is what I'm doing. And just like running independently with the research that I do on time travel and traversing the galactic highway, you know, I don't ask for permission. I start dialing in and I do my thing and, and you know, success, you know, hopefully. Well, that's that's the reason I waited as long as I did to do the handbook because I mm-hmm. didn't want anybody going in and, you know, if you want to proof it, fine. If you want to find the misspellings, and there were plenty, um, fine. But but don't mm-hmm. try to change how I've worded something because Correct. I worded it that way on purpose. That's right. So, that's the way you're – that's you know, spiritual, you know, translation on a lot of levels, cosmic translation, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my mother used to type the um, the channeled readings I did for the mandalas that I painted, and – Quite often, she would change a word here or there and totally, totally change the meaning of what I had said. Uh, uh, um, it changes the vibration, too. Yeah. Because each word has a specific was, vibration. 
Yeah, it was it, it was it was a learning situation for her, and, and finally, I think at one point in time, um, she she was an incredible typist, and she got her hands set one letter over as she she typed all she typed the whole thing, and I looked at it and I said, "Are you typing in tongues now?" And you know, she <laughs> looked and not not it. I, I fired her. Um, from then on, I typed I typed it myself. <laughs> Do you remember the old days? And I hate to sound dated, but yeah, I remember typing on typewriters. And before we had all this, you know, internet stuff going on, how that was that wasn't easy to put everything in there on a on a typewriter, you know. And yeah. Oh I yeah. Just remember and, that. And corrections. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember back to manual typewriters. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And even back, we talked about before, you know, when we were back in our older years or younger years, I guess, um, you know, I used to have flyers for my business, right? Um, well, yeah. I don't need that anymore. But, <laughs> you know, the flyers, you <laughs> put them around and that sort of thing. People used to do it with bands, but, you know, if you have a healing arts or something like that. And that's really word yeah. of mouth. That's how I got all my clients back in the day. It was always by word of mouth. It was never a on the internet, you didn't have an internet, so I was you know, going to say there line. was no internet. Of course, mm-hmm. right? My God, I remember even mimeograph machines. So, um, mm. yeah, that goes way back. <laughs> and microfish is still around. I wow! Yeah, gotta be. So too. Yeah. But but you know, it's it's how times has so changed, and mm-hmm. you know, without. With, with the internet now, we have such an amazing platform to put information out on, and unfortunately, there's also a lot of garbage out there. So it's sort of like, you know, it's just it's 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 amazing, and um, I I have I have seen the difference in in you know what's what's done with Facebook and what's done with all sorts of other of the modalities here that, that, um, and some of it, you know, I, is just beyond me. I think that, mm-hmm. I think that there may be a level of technical, um, ability that, that is within the body at birth. And once you hit that level, you don't go any further. Um, mm. I mean, I still, I, I, I do a lot of techie stuff, but every now and then there's an area that I look at and it's like, I'm not even going to touch that. I'm not going there. I'll I'll pay someone to do it for me. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. But um but it's 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 it is amazing and you know I mean you're here as a teacher. You're here to provide information. You're you're here to you know pry people's brains open and let them know that there's so much more out there and you know you do such an amazing job with your KCOR and your and your uh, freedom slips show that it's just it's phenomenal. And um, well, you do too, though. Kudos to you is with Nightlight and and all the guests. You have fantastic guests. I love it. I do. Yeah, you've done fabulous. So it's it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work and dedication. But I think in the long run, it it pays off on a different level. You know, we don't get paid for it. It's just something I enjoy interviewing people, and I always wanted to give people a voice because I felt like mine was taken away in 2004 and I, that's one of the reasons I got into radio was to to get my voice to have a voice heard yeah. and to tell the truth and have it there and create my own platform and do it myself if they weren't going to listen if they were going to try to sanitize it I was going to be out there communicating and that's what I did and then I gave others a voice to do the same thing 
And, it, and it's like, you know, it's like, it's amazing how it's a chain reaction. Then you get all these scholars and people who are scholars without a title of a scholar that are super intelligent, gifted beings that you get to interview. Oh, yeah. And I find that to be such a wonderful thing. You know, it's just uh, really, really fantastic to be able to listen to these minds, like the great minds of old. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, to me, it's, it's such a ple- – it, it forces – I read a book a week. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, prior to doing the interviews, um, I, I, I probably didn't read a book a month. Or, or even mm-hmm. that much, but but with with what I uh, uh, and it's not being forced to read. It's I love reading, and it's it's um, I've learned a lot, and it certainly mm-hmm. has opened opened me up to a lot of a greater potential that's out there. And you know, you take a little bit from here and a little bit from there, and and suddenly there's a whole new philosophy percolating inside of you, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's just, um, I, I just, I can't, I can't express enough how much I appreciate the experience that I've gotten from doing Nightlight Radio. It's just, um, it, it's been such an exciting journey. And, and it's, it's sort of like, it's my PhD. And mm-hmm. and I don't know. There's there's not a level above PhD, but if there was, that's what I'm working on now. So, you know, it it, it and you do become friends with these people too. It's not just mm-hmm. a, a a one and done because you talk to them beforehand and you talk to them afterwards, and then you get them to come back or you know if they have a new book out or whatever. And so, you make you make friends of people that you never would have. Um, come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. I taught, you know, I taught school for 25 years. I didn't meet any of these people until I started doing a radio show and, mm-hmm. you know, biblical scholars and, and rabbis and, and all sorts of, you know, Egyptologists and archaeologists and, and astrophysicists and, you know, I mean, Never in my wildest dreams would I have would I have had an opportunity to sit mm-hmm. and talk with them for two hours. And yeah, so and true, seem, isn't it? Oh gosh, and you and you sound so intelligent when you do it, but it's only because you've read the material. Well, I think you're intelligent anyway. I mean, you have a certain level of uh, comprehension. Some people don't. Some people are very good interviewers, uh, but you do. You have a natural ability to interview. I think there's a gift in that. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a beautiful thing to be able to get out there and, and uh, meet all these wonderful people. I must say I really enjoyed it over the years, but I, would, I never saw that coming, and I'm really good at seeing the so-called future of my life. Well, this is so funny because as good as I am, I didn't see the induction in 2004. I never saw that coming. Uh, I never saw myself doing any type of radio or anything like that or documentaries or or half the stuff that I'd done. Um, so that was a whole different formula. I never saw myself doing surveillance and security, but I know where that came from. Um, so I got into a whole different realm. But, you know, it's interesting because I, I was publishing, you know, Transmutation Through Ascension was my first book. And so, yeah, I was a writer and publishing and healing and, and doing all that. But it is interesting how things change. I mean, all these lines start start to intersect along the path. And then we jump those lines and we go into this. And, it's, and then we meet. 
which is really cool because I think you're wonderful and it's such a blessing to be able to communicate and connect with you. So that was fabulous. I can't. I think it was Mark Eddy that put us together. I can't remember now. Um, shout out to Mark. I know he's listening. But do you remember how yeah. we got connected? I think it was Mark. I'm, I'm not mistaken. But yeah, that was um, so wonderful. I, I think um, when, when I started in, it was 2007, and I started in on um, Walks with Thunders program. Um, as a guest host, cool. And I, I think, I think getting to know you went back that far. Well, that's a long time because I was inducted in 2004. So you're talking. I've known you quite a long time then, from in my new life, so to speak. Like yeah, I mean, I can remember. <laughs> I I can remember. I knew you before Freedom Slips. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was before Mark Eddy. I, I don't, you know, I, I give Mark credit for a tremendous amount, but I think I knew you before Mark. And um, I know I, I, every now and then, asked you if you might be interested in, you know, doing a show on Nightlight, and, you know, you were always too busy, and that was fine. I wasn't probably ready either. Um, no. But... Um, no, so yeah. Do you remember I when I first started over here at Nightlight? And that's what's so funny. I was doing more like monologues. And honestly, it was boring probably for the listeners. It was so great for you to jump on. <laughs> now we have a blast of communicating yeah. and, and just discussing so many different topics. So thanks for uh, being being my co-host because it, it certainly <laughs> is fun. <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, I always make that offer. You know, I'm there. If you need somebody to talk to, I'd be happy to do it. Now, Mark doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't intervene or interfere with his shows, um, unless, of course, you know, his guest doesn't show up or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I offered you the show, and, and, you know, happily, 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 I, I love talking with you. So it's, it's, it's a kick for me to have the opportunity to to, you know, share philosophies and throw things back and forth. But, um, yeah, I think we've known each other at least 10 years. Probably in this lifetime, probably know each other before that. But, yeah. Probably. I'm, from, I'm a firm believer that spirits connect from other timelines and configurations. Yeah. Whether it's all oh, this I, world I, or I, another one. No, I definitely agree with you on that one. I know... Um, you know, every now and then, there, there's somebody that it just clicks with, and you know, and you know, Mark. I I don't know where Mark came from, but you know, no, I know where he came from. He came from Freedom <laughs> Slips. But, yeah, yeah. But, remember Mark from over there? Yeah, no, he. Um, it, it was great. funny because he. Oh, absolutely. And at at one point, you know, when he left Freedom Slips, I was getting ready to you know, invite him to have a show or come on to Nightlight. And then he said, well, I got another, you know, I'm, I'm working with another host. And I thought, well, shoot, you know, and, and then a couple of weeks later, he, you know, we were talking and he said, well, that didn't work out. And I, I think 
it was two or three times I missed my opportunity, and I finally said to him, look, you can do a show on Nightlight Radio. I'll be your techie, and you can do whatever you like so long as it doesn't conflict with, with my mission statement. And um, I think he's been, I think, five years. We're going into our sixth year, I think. Wow. Nice. I was, I was Congratulations. He, 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 he doesn't. He has a great memory. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, he's very intelligent. But well, and I told him, I said, I will shamelessly, you know, borrow all of your contacts. And you know, he he said that that he knows everyone. Oh, I know. I mean, he's helped me out too. I love it. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Another shout out because yeah, he used to give me wonderful guests, and he still does. Um, Max Hawthorne's another one that I love that I've had on Hyperspace, and yeah, he's always set me up with some wonderful people. Oh, he just said that's not true. I just told him he was working with me now. Well, no, I think I offered him a show, but, you know, since he doesn't have a microphone, he can't correct me. Um, <clears throat> but, no, it, it's it's been a pleasure for sure. And and he is, you know, he's there. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really, it's a cool, it's a cool partnership for sure. And every mm-hmm. th- every now and then I, I have to remind him who signs his paycheck. He he doesn't get paid, by the way. So I know that's what know. I mean, the universe. No. <laughs> no, every now and then I double his salary too, so you know, it's <laughs> but he's he's really he's been he's been fabulous and I and none I of us get paid for that radio, so yeah. Nah. No, yeah, and I think that's something that that I never dreamed in my wildest imagination that I would have a radio show. And for 14 years, mm-hmm. I mean, you know. It's awesome. It, it, yeah. It, it I just, don't know how it, I got recruited either. I know I get it. It's interesting, isn't it? Like I said, it's very, very interesting. Well, somebody <clears throat> asked me if I would be on their radio show. And... um I said, well, sure, where is the studio? And they said, oh, no, you just have to call in on the phone, which I thought was great. And after we did it, um, you know, I, I knew her, and I said, can I come watch you do a show? And she said, sure. And I sat and watched them do a show, and my, I thought, damn, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, I yep. was I was. I was in, and and then I I was uh, then I was pulled in uh, as a co-host to Walks with Thunder, and Mary Peeler was the Monday night one, and I was the Wednesday night co-host. And I, I do you did you ever listen to his show at all? No, I never did. Is there an archive somewhere? I'd like to check it out though. Oh, probably it, it was called. He said, she said. He was a. Um, um, he was a, a he was a self-proclaimed shaman. He was very arrogant, very mm-hmm. into his guests. All had to be tall, thin, skinny, blondes with long hair, and mm-hmm. it was funny because he was a male chauvinist pig, and here he was, you know, hitting on all these women and everything, and he had two of these co-hosts. Mary Peeler and me, 
and we were all in we were in on a group call once because he wanted us to go out and and find more clients for him and he started to kind of get cute and i said you do know that that even in spite of the fact that you're asking us to go find you young women which we won't do i said are you do you understand that you're flirting with us and he said well yeah and I said, do you realize that both of us are grandmothers? He said, what? <laughs> I, I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're old enough to be your mothers. And and he said, are you kidding me? But you sound so young. And, and you know, Mary and I are now laughing because they were both grandmothers. And here he was hitting on us. <laughs> and so we got greater respect from then on. But... He did not ask us to go solicit females for him either. So, but he, he was—he was interesting. He was—he was an interesting character. But you know, and then and then nightlight took off, and <laughs> so here we are, a gazillion years later. But, going and, and it, yeah, actually, and and you know, it's it's the pandemic was great for us as far as. Um, Finding guests now it isn't as easy, but um, they're still out there, and and it's 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 really such a cool. I mean, it's not work. It's it's a true joy mm-hmm. to be able to sit and talk to all these amazing people, and mm-hmm. and uh, and learn from them. And yeah, you know, Max great. Hawthorne, Mac, Max Hawthorne is is an amazing character. You've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you had Wally Wagner on too, didn't you? I think so. I've had quite a few of your guests, you know, over over on hyperspace. Yeah, quite a few. It's been great. Yeah, no. Yeah, I like I like. It. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think that's it's so cool because, um, you know, I I have worked with one other host who would not share guests, which I think is ridiculous. So, but but. You know, I am, I am, you know, I'll happily show, you know, share any of our guests because that gives them a greater exposure and it means that they get, hopefully, they sell more books and, you know, everybody benefits from it. Yeah, that's but, the whole idea. Uh, so it's not about us, it's to promote them. Usually. Well, that, the fact that, you know, and and you're with KCOR, which I think is a phenomenal, great, great um place to to have a show i mean Mm -hmm. tina maria is is. wonderful she's she's really good she's five star yeah she really is oh she does a brilliant job Mm -hmm. and um you know i i did talk to her at one time about bringing nightlight over there and and she decided that she really couldn't offer me anything more than i already had so Mm. you know so but 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 she does a she does a great job she really Mm -hmm. does so it's it's mm-hmm. you know it it's a wonderful platform and it, it feels like there's another platform coming although I I refuse I refuse to go video. I hate oh, video. Yeah, I don't, I'm not big on video either. Like I said, people always want us on screen, and yeah, I'm not real big on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, well you know what? I can theory. see that. I can see something down the corner, or around the corner, that might be something else. Yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah, because I think there is a shift and a change coming, and I'm not sure right. exactly what it is, but 
but um i mean i don't i i really love radio because people will will have to they have to pay attention they have to listen to the words and they get pictures in their head and if mm-hmm. you give them if you give them a visual they're looking at you know is that a cat on the thing behind her or you know you you're peering into someone else's home or and then you have to you know wear makeup and comb it's your a hair distraction yeah i don't if i do my videos i i mean i try to look decent but i i don't i don't sit there and do extras on that but yeah i agree with you i'm not big on video i really i'm not i'm not into it at all no it, well it, you know with with um with the audio it your voice carries a message and mm-hmm. i think it it gets it it gets to people better if it's just audio and, and it's just me i agree and and it may have something to do with the fact that i don't like the video but i don't think it does really i think that that it's a matter of um it's my preference i mean i can remember <laughs> um listening to um the radio when they had you know Fibber McGee and Molly and um oh gosh all of the radio shows that were the the um you know the mystery shows the you know the shadow mm-hmm. and all of those oh, i mean i can re- i can remember listening to it probably before your time mhm probably but, but doesn't happen anymore but it's too bad because mm-hmm. it, it was a wonderful uh, form of entertainment. It was before television. Mm-hmm. Storytelling, bottom line. You know, Art Bell's great. Yeah. And his essence of, he was just fantastic. And the voice and, and just the, his whole show was fabulous. And, you know, what a legend on that level. I, I like radio, too. I think there's something mysterious about the voice in the middle of the night that communicates and people calling in or the callers, if you have them, or a wonderful guests to talk about so many different things. Yeah, there are, some like radio, there are some radio shows that actually do have guests call in. Um, I notice that you don't have, I, I don't have, I don't take call in. I don't get callers. We right. offer it on hyperspace, but they don't, they don't call in. It's rare. Once in a while when I have a guest they're really interested in, uh, we get people in chat, ask questions, but yeah, I usually don't get many callers. And when I was first starting on Revolution Radio, and callers would come in, they'd be really sarcastic. I'd hang up on them. I was, I had no manners whatsoever. I was very um, abrupt. <laughs> if they were rude or if they were sarcastic, I would just drop them. Like I'm not dealing with you. And then I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not dealing with callers. Uh, you know, I just didn't want anything to do with them. I focused on my guests. And now I'm, you know, older now, and it's okay if they call in. If they have a polite question, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to start um, later on in <clears throat> later on in the month um, when the book and the cards are both available. I'm going to start doing um, readings on the air again for a couple of months. Well, that was fun. To, yeah, oh, it, it, yeah, Jeannie and I are going to do the, do that bit again, and and it's been a long time since I did readings on the air, so. You know, it's going to be kind of fun. Um, I'm sure. I hope. And if it's if it's not fun, I won't do it. But um, you know, it's been it's been a long time since I've done it, so it might be fun again for a while. No, I don't so. sort of, well, it is. It is. Um, 
you get you get to touch and talk to so many people. It really is cool. And there was a there was a an amazing group of people that followed the show. So hopefully they will um they will come back and rally around and uh, we have a um a for the for the deck of cards and the and the book we have um a site set up that has a um a chat room in it that that is kind of it's interactive and it's called the seekers forum and so i'm i'm kind of hoping i can get the people to sort of flip over to that join the seekers forum and and start chatting there as well so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens you know it, it's it's kind of like what the heck it's it's been a good 10 years or well maybe not 10 years but close to 10 years since i've actually done readings on the show so wow well, just maybe 7 years mhm so That's it, wonderful. It, it, it well i think my my objection to it was the same people would call in every week and ask the same question and oh, yeah. so we We've we've figured a way around that, so we're we're all set now. So that you know we can give as many people. When I initially started it, it was kind of like, look, this is for people who can't afford to go out and get a reading. Mm-hmm. So so let me let me give them a free reading here, and and maybe it'll help them focus and go in new directions. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. But we'll just, We'll see what happens. It, it should be it should be fun to do, and it's summertime. So what the heck? Well, but, yeah, it doesn't know. feel like summer here, but yeah, definitely looking forward to summer, some kind of a summer. Well, you're in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rocky Mountains. Wow. So and it's forty-four degrees right now. <laughs> it's eighty where I am. Oh, I know. I mean, it's 80 degrees here. I mean, and it hit 90 today, too. So, Wow, um, that's super hot. Yes, it was. You know, it's kind of like my <laughs> my um, heating and air conditioning. I go, I, I have my heat running, and then I turn it over into air conditioning, and it, it runs 24-7. Well, I bet. So does it get it, cold at night? No, well, let's see. It's it's uh, you know it's almost eleven o'clock here, and it's still eighty degrees. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I can handle that. Unless I'm by the beach, like on Maui, I can deal with that. But I'm not real big on heat. I'm, I think I mentioned that I'm kind of like Frosty the Snowman. I just melt. <laughs> <laughs> just like green house. Is there an air conditioning around here? Well, you know, it's, it's no matter what area of the country I'm in. You know, there's always a season that was perfectly beautiful. And um, when I was in Connecticut, it was fall because the trees and everything are just outstandingly gorgeous. Um, I haven't figured out what Nashville is, to be honest with you. The dead of summer is almost tropical, and the dead of winter is is a heavy sweatshirt. So... You know, I don't. That's not bad. I don't have. Oh no, I don't have the. I don't have the, um, the snow and ice that that I did. But, mm. but here a blizzard is two inches of snow. 
Oh, please. (laughs) when When it happened the first time, I called my son and I said, hey, John, when did the plows come out? And there was silence on the end of the phone. And he said, Mom, we don't have plows here. And I said, well, what do you do with the snow? And he said, we watch it melt. <laughs> well, when you get two inches, you can't drive through that? Oh, come on. The trouble is that they aren't used to it, so they don't do it well. Right. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I imagine. I, I grew up in Michigan and Minnesota. I know what ice and snow is, but mm-hmm. um, but no, this is it, it's really funny. And and they will call off school two days ahead, two inches thinking that. I mean, it's it's really it's funny. That's funny, it is but, funny. But not, but there the, the 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 weather here is far more pleasant than than uh, Connecticut. Connecticut was severe. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you look around you and you see how beautiful nature is and you think, with all the crap going on, we still have the beauty of nature, the magic of the seasons and, mm-hmm. and the, the excitement of the energy as there are shifts and full moons and everything else. It's really quite incredible. I did want to... Mm-hmm pull up one other thing one other subject because it's been it's been bugging me um you know our pole shifts uh on a pretty regular basis every 25,000 years or something like that but mm-hmm. at a, at a certain period of time the north and the south pole do shift as well and i mm-hmm. think we're getting close to one of those shifts mhm yeah well magnetic north was moving towards siberia I and mean, that was happening I know uh, that's been going yeah. on for a while now. So there is a, there's a lot going on big time for sure. I think people are feeling that too, without a doubt. It's kind of interesting well, because I, I, I think... seeing it going counterclockwise at the North Pole, the North well, magnetic North. And then um, there just seems to be some anomalies coming in with energy and how they're, how they, how it's moving. So it's definitely something, yeah, I, something's I... happening. And also at the equator. I, I definitely agree with you on that, and I, I think it's it's what really, after talking to Mark Carlotta um, about the pole shifts and, and everything, do, do you know the shifts in as as the pole shifts are going on, just just the uh, the magnetic north, the shift actually can be as much as two thousand miles overnight. It can shift. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. You imagine what that does to just everything? Mhm. Yeah, I think we're in for an interesting ride. I mean, that to me is very exciting. I like I like anomalies like that. Well, that and the fact that I would love to see the North and South Pole shift because mm-hmm. what will that do to all of the um underground stuff that's going on in the South South the Antarctic, if the Antarctic gets moved to the Arctic in the north, what will that do to everything that's that's underground there and underneath going on there? Mhm. Right. That should be an interesting event. Yeah, so I, I just look for the, the access points. You know, so there's I couldn't even explain it at this point. There's there's obviously something though. 
if that really shifts that direction. Well, I know that, that there's still submarine activity there. I know there are mm-hmm. saucers there because cause they were there with Operation High Jump in 40, mm-hmm. uh, 46, 42 in there someplace. But but mm-hmm. so so I know there was a certainly th- there there was a community of some sort there was a, a post of some sort underneath the ice and I see no reason why it's not still there now because mm-hmm. because they were because they were actually taking over from an older um, civilization's structures. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, I look at a lot so of it as a spaceport, you know. I think that when you yeah. get past certain areas, I mean, you can call it the wall of ice, this, that, and the other. But, but my bottom line is, is that accessing that area, to me, seems like it's an access point to space. And it's much more uh, rational and logical to traverse from that point, from Antarctica, or the jump points, rather, at, at that area, than, than to go and, and do the regular launches that they do in the illusion of. And I've said that before. I was always uh, wondering why they don't take advantage of that. But chances are they do, and they're just not letting people know about it. Because that's what I would have do. You heard, yeah, have you heard much about the Black Pyramid in Alaska? You know, I haven't. I think you might have mentioned it to me and somebody else, but I find it very interesting. Was it in Alaska or was it in Antarctica? No, it's in, it's in Alaska. And okay. supposedly the Black Pyramid itself is underground. Hmm. And I'll it's, have to it's do some in a very. Yeah, it, it's in a very. Um, um, it's it's in a, it's in a region that is just not traversed or you know it's, it's it's way in the wild, but but apparently it's underground and there are um, there's military there already studying it. Mm. I think there's so, a lot underground um, that's just mind blowing. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. And you know, because I had not heard about the Black Pyramid before, and and mm-hmm. the um, the the one in Antarctica, um, that is a, a pyramid. There's no doubt about it. Um, mm-hmm. And we did a remote viewing into that one. I, I don't remember any specifics from it, but I know we did a, a remote viewing into that. Mm-hmm. So and and that would that would make sense to me because. There's that lake that there's a no-fly zone over. There are, um, mm-hmm. using Google Earth, you can see places where there are entrances into beneath the ice that are there so that there is a, a tremendous amount of um, material out there that nobody explains, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I know Mary Joyce has done a lot of um, stuff with Google Earth and Google and Google Mars. Have you had her on mm-hmm. your show? I have. I love she's, her. She's great. I need to have her back. Oh, she, I need to get her back on my show. Yeah. She's got a lot of um, UFO stuff going on now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and for anybody who is interested in her website, it's uh, skyshipsovercashiers.com. It's a fabulous website. Mm-hmm. And you can and you can get lost in the archives. It's just it's amazing. She's an amazing yeah. lady. Yes, but absolutely. no, she's she's cool, and she's written a great book on Bigfoot too. That's just 
You know, it's the sweetest book ever. You you cry, it's so cute. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about authors. Mm-hmm. So, oh gosh, we're we're close to we're close to done here. So let's stick out your radio shows and your website and stuff like that, so people know where to find you. All right, Barbara. Well, thank you so much. Once again, a wonderful show with you tonight. And my website tonight, com. My show, Hyperspaces, on KCUR, 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific on Fridays. And I have Raven Stars Witching Hour Saturday night on FreedomSlips.com, Revolution Radio, CDOA, 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific on Saturdays. And I'm here now once with, a month. And you're here once a month, yeah. Now, right. Do you have the same guests on both of those shows, or is it a different – so so, so each do. week you have – they're both That's different. So yeah, cool. I have different guests each week, but I also kind of have them jump from show to show if they want to, because we have a different audience. Chances are we have different audiences, uh, you know, so we like to share it, see how they like it over in different networks. Wow. That's a lot of work you put in. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, likewise, you do the same. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah but not not – I'm not that ambitious to do back-to-back shows like that. <laughs> I never saw that coming. That's another one of those things where I never saw it coming. It just happened. And, of course, Hyperspace was born on Dark Matter Digital Network with Art Bell. Yeah. That's where Hyperspace was created with, with, um, with my producer back there. So it's interesting, but the baby came over to Hyperspace on KCUR and, yeah, got grandfathered in. Wow. Well, you yeah, such that's a pleasure to you know, to have Thank on you. and to talk to every every month, and I look forward to the end of this month when you'll be back. Oh, me too. We'll have to. Your, your topic this time, right? Oh, okay. I, I will find it appropriate. No, I think I think no, I I don't know. We kind of agreed on time travel. So okay. it's your turn. It's your turn. It is my turn. Oh my goodness! Well, I'll come up with something really cool. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again, and and uh, we'll Thank see how long we can stay on topic next time. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night now. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um, do join me tomorrow. I've got John Matthews on, and we're talking about um, King Arthur and his his uh, mystical life and and the fables that are created from his existence so it should be lots of fun it'll be uh 11 o'clock central time so tune in and listen otherwise it will be up on youtube good night now